Several million years ago, somewhere in the middle of Africa, our prehistoric relatives had some problems. They needed shelter, they needed clothes, and they needed protein. In short, they needed animals. Animals could provide them with skins for shelter, and clothes, and meat for protein. But the thing is that animals were really difficult to capture and kill with your bare hands. So they put their heads together and came up with a solution. Stone tools. They made stone arrowheads to kill the animals, stone scrapers to help separate the meat from the skin, and stone needles to sew the skin into clothes. And they didn't know it, but they had done more than just invent stone tools. They had invented technology. Since then, as you may have noticed, a lot has changed. We've undergone many revolutions in technology, from agriculture to the wheel to the printing press to the assembly line to the personal computer. But some things have remained the same the passion for technology, the thrill of new technology, and the quest to unravel the future of technology as we know it. 2020 has been an interesting year for everyone, to say the least. The new normal has forced many challenges and changes on us. Thankfully, most of these were made much easier with technology, technology that was developed by people like you and me. In this podcast, we'll look at the future of technology and how you can choose a career that lets you contribute towards building technology that makes a real difference in the world. This is Gratathon 2020, a new model for career progression in the new normal. So, what is the future of technology? Is it a complete takeover by artificial intelligence? Have we already seen what will happen to us in one of the sci-fi movies? Or is the truth a little more reassuring? I suppose when I think about the future of technology, um, I think about the pace of change being ever quicker. I think about some of the crazy um, ideas coming out of uh, Elon Musk at the moment in terms of um, implanting chips into people's brains that can then interact with digital technology. Um, you know, I think about the rise of the machines, uh, machine intelligence, you know, there's a lot about AI at the moment, um, and actually leveling up the human race, implanting chips to enhance uh, ourselves and our capabilities. And actually, you know, if I think about my children and how they interact with social media and apps, it's so important to them and means everything to them. So if anything goes wrong in that uh, virtual world, um, it could have a devastating impact on their lives. So I think, you know, the future is very uh, much uh, heading in that direction. That was Adele Every. Adele is a vice president at Capgemini and leads relationship managers on the HMRC market in the UK. Although Adele's views are echoed by many, our recent graduate hire, Taryn Clydesdale, who started her career in February this year, doesn't fully agree. I really kind of hope not, but I also would love to end up with like Star Wars technology. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but I think overall, I don't think AI and machine learning will, well, can learn enough to to end up like that. Um, from from what I've learned so far. It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to make sure that they that AI actually does what it's supposed to and can replicate uh, a human experience. Um, so realistically, I think technology will just remove a lot of repetitive tasks and just 
make our lives easier so that we don't have to spend so much of our lives doing things that are menial and unnecessary. My name is Sudhir Pai and I joined Capgemini uh, close to 11 years, 2009. So it's been a while. And my role in the company, I'm a CTIO, Chief Technology and Innovation Officer for Financial Services uh, Global. I'm based out of Melbourne in Australia, but I'm responsible for um, new and next uh, technology and innovation areas uh, within the company, particularly for uh, banking and insurance. There are different ways to explain the future of technology, but what I've understood is uh, in future, it's not going to be just one technology or two or three technologies uh, will decide the future. It, it To me, it's probably you know synergistic effects of multiple technology disruptions and and what i mean by that is you know uh, as as the technology advances and further push away from maybe 5 to 10 years uh, we will see a lot more exciting things around high performance computing uh, quantum computing that sort of scenario so it's a broad range of technology but you know one has to put it in perspective uh, the economic social consumers uh, and business uh, and then look at uh, the relevance of technology uh, as as it matures. So the future does look like a mix of many different technologies. And as graduates, there are many ways to contribute to this future, irrespective of which technology you may be working on, sometimes even contributing without directly being involved with the technical side of things. Let's take Taryn's example, who's working as a PMO in Australia. I deal with a lot of... Um resourcing requirements and compliance so around making sure that we do everything that we need to for our contracts whether that be confidentiality agreements or um, security clearance those kind of things and as well as making sure that we get the right resources on and off projects. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me has been picking up um, the technology aspect at Capgemini. Um, So it was very much outside my comfort zone and I've had to learn a lot of things very fast. Um, So because of my background was not in technology, um, I, being in insights and data, um, I had to learn about AI, machine learning, deep learning, um, all of that very quickly. And I managed to do that through completing AI Cadet, which provided me with so much information and I now have a like basic understanding of all of these and a lot of the terms. So it just makes it a lot easier to have conversations with people and make sure that I know what's going on. Adele's early journey is similar to Taryn's. She chanced upon a career in technology thanks to a happy accident as a graduate. After a business degree, Adele wanted to pursue a career in marketing, but during her internship placement, she put her name down for a big tech company instead of a retail one. After 20 years, she believes she couldn't have made a better mistake. I joined Capgemini 16 years ago after a few years of working with HP. Um, I loved it. There was a great buzz about the place. I got involved in some fascinating things. I got to learn about public sector, how tax authorities work, working with civil servants um, and I was given a huge amount of freedom and scope to come up with great ideas and I was lucky enough to get investment for ideas and and see them implemented. So it was a great start to my career um, and I've had the pleasure of working with some 
very fascinating and inspiring people. But working in a core tech role isn't completely different. We got Sudhir to reminisce a bit about his early years as a graduate and go back 25 years. In terms of software engineering, and that's uh, which has been my background, uh, both as an engineering student as well as master's. So I think the core concept of uh, software engineering uh, has not changed, to be honest. Uh, and some of the proofs, if you look at, uh, we still talk about uh, Linux, still talk about C, C++, uh, Java, some of those initial uh, thought process uh, around software engineering and uh, programming. Uh, has not changed but the potential adoption of these um, uh, engineering concepts were very limited those days a lot may have changed in terms of hardware and connectivity upgrades but the foundations are pretty much the same one of the most important aspects where technology has made a real difference is distributed computing and getting businesses to collaborate one such global collaboration where Sudir is involved is the Architect Program for Financial Services. The program encourages architects who get certified at the senior architect level and gain knowledge and contribute to grow their careers. It's a way to ensure that the right talent gets nurtured and is in a position to act as a CXO advisor for clients in the future. The sheer uh, complexity of it when you uh, cross-pollinate this with uh, different geographies and practices and business units is, uh, is tremendously high. And uh, the, the beauty of this collaboration is even though the respective units or uh, respective departments or projects not necessarily have the same KPIs, but, uh, but when people come together, they will come for a cause. And the cause in this case was to strengthen our architect capabilities. Uh, and this program, as an example, is a, is a, uh, is a great way to uh, represent that. Collaboration is one of the tenets on which the modern world survives. And so it's imperative that the workplace is conducive to collaboration. This means creating an environment that is more inclusive and is better able to foster and nurture talent, which is important when you're starting your career journey. We checked in with Taryn about her experience in the last couple of months. So I managed to complete things like the, um, the Agile certifications, um, Python specifically. I got really, really into learning Python coding. Um, and because of all the learning opportunities we have through Coursera and Pluralsight, I managed to pick up a lot. Um, and I got to use it as well for the showcase um, that we do within IND. So I've actually been able to apply it, which has helped me learn it a lot better and a lot faster, I think, um, because I didn't just have to do a course. I actually got to apply it to a real data set. There's a couple of things that stand out. So first is, I mean, the grad community itself. Um, it's very supportive. There's always people there for you to ask questions. Um, and I'm very, very close to our, my whole grad intake as well as the alumni and our grad coordinator. Um, but I also think that the leadership involvement um, within the grad program is amazing. So things like the leadership lounge that we do, it means that we can meet so many people so many more people and in different areas it just helps your understanding of the company a lot and i think it just makes it feel like a community like even though we're stuck working from home it doesn't feel like we're disconnected um, and being able to learn from people like susan beeson and maliga has been absolutely amazing 
um, being able to give given that opportunity to speak to them and get their advice and just learn from what they've gone through has been absolutely brilliant. But as they say, learning is a two-way street. The vice president level, Adele says she's always felt supported not only by senior people, but also by her team. One of the things that that I did when I was going for my VP promotion last year, I needed the support of my team, um, men and women in my team. I needed them to support me through quite a rigorous, as you can imagine, process. Um, And so I talked everybody through what that process was, what I was experiencing, how I was feeling, the impact that their help was having on me. And I received really great feedback actually um, in doing that. And I've always felt supported, not only by people more senior to me, but also in the example I've just shared, where you know I had a huge amount of support from my team in um, helping me be successful in my VP campaign. So um, I think that is a real differentiator for us, for Capgemini, and, and it really does show the power of being vulnerable, um, sharing ambitions, but supporting each other. I feel as though um, I've always had a voice in Capgemini and that's why I've stayed for so long. Um, I've been here for for 16 years and you know I think we take the topic of diversity and balance really seriously. I think Capgemini invests a lot in women's development programs which is fantastic. I think we um, reach out to schools and we try and encourage and inspire young women um, in their uh, career. One of the ways in which Capgemini invests in women's development is through the Women at Capgemini Month. Taryn told us about her experience. Part of Women at Capgemini Month, we did three Taking a Stand sessions which were really about what it means to be a woman in technology specifically and how to build your career, make sure that there's inclusion, make sure that there is diversity and how to deal with all of those things. Um, And those sessions were with really, really high-level people within the community. So Olaf was one of them. Um, Steph Sands, we had um, Susan Beeston ran them. Um, and for me, those sessions really highlighted that you can talk to anybody in the company about any issues that you have and that they will honestly want to help you um, and that there is a real, real push to make sure that we are inclusive as a company and that everybody does get involved at any level. One of the most fundamental questions that arises when someone talks about technology is using it for good. Innovative ideas that can help grow society while being ecologically sound are the ultimate dream. Organizations have always talked about the value they can deliver to their stakeholders, but in the current pandemic, we're seeing value in broader terms that encompass inclusivity, diversity, and sustainable development. As part of a jury, uh, which uh, recently uh, we concluded selecting top 10 um, 
sustainable initiatives uh, i'm closely working with a couple of them in the it side uh, we have developed uh, uh, you know sustainability in architecture sustainability while we procure things uh, even with our customers we are building some of the initiatives which are around like uh, green loans uh, and encouraging customer to have, have a bundled loan with the solar to you know to save uh, and to look at uh, uh, you know energy efficiency uh, we also developed a pilot uh, for one of the banks around uh, what we call a sustainable tourism that means um, uh, the use case here was if i am uh, if i am traveling and if i have right partnership then uh, uh, if i'm staying in airbnb i can show uh, i can take up challenges whatever i'm doing if i'm traveling or staying and these challenges are uh, you know x number of uh, liters of water in a day or energy in a day and based on my savings i'll be uh, recognized by the bank uh, literally like a loyalty uh, points uh, type program uh, so there's so many things uh, to quote uh, in this space, but uh, it's it's fascinating to see that Capgemini is leading in multiple front uh, and taking a, a front seat uh, right from the top uh, to to achieve uh, the sustainable goal. Uh, and you can see all these actions and initiatives as uh, as a proof points uh, around them. COVID nineteen has disrupted business, but in some ways, it has also made us more resilient. We've been able to execute innovative ideas much more quickly than we previously imagined we could. I think the key uh, projects that have been close to my heart recently have been the work that we have done here in the UK to support the UK government with COVID measures. Um, so we've had teams working on um, supporting the systems around the furlough scheme. Um, we have had teams of people working shifts into the night um, to get that up and ready within weeks, um, something that ordinarily would take government and any um, uh, systems integrator like ourselves months ordinarily to set up. We, we did in weeks. Uh, we've also supported um, government with the uh, various schemes around COVID, including Eat Out to Help Out, uh, where people have been given vouchers to um, be able to claim money off uh, dining out during certain times to encourage people to, to start spending again, because clearly the economy is a big concern um, for the UK government. And um, also we have supported the self-employed income support scheme, which was a scheme really close to my heart because my dad... Uh, is a self-employed painter and decorator. And um, during lockdown and COVID, he had no income at all, uh, like many people who uh, are self-employed. And so um, when I found out that, you know, Cat Gemini was supporting um, HMRC set up this scheme, um, it, it was a real honour that, that we were doing that. And, you know, my dad uh, was one of the people who benefited from it. So um, I'm hugely proud of what um, the team on the market unit have done. Um, and I've seen it firsthand and it has helped me and my family. I think we've all found ways to adapt and we've all found ways to support each other. And one of the most fascinating things for me is that we have maintained our productivity levels. And so 
we have challenged all of the limitations that we previously had around working from home and we made it work overnight. And I think that's something that we should um, absolutely hold on to. You know, it has been fantastic. Technology can lead to a black mirror vision of the future, but it is just as likely that the future will be more collaborative, inclusive, and sustainable. Whichever version of technology we end up with, one thing is absolutely clear, that whether it's the young graduates getting set to join the workforce or the experienced professionals who will be guiding them, it is the people who will shape what the future looks like. So for those of you just setting out on that journey, make sure you choose a company that lets you be a part of that future. Remember, the future of technology is the people, you and me. This has been a podcast by Capgemini. This is Designing Momentum, a podcast from Capgemini. Designing Momentum is a show about what it takes to build and maintain momentum in business. When the odds are against you, how do you forge your own path? Original ideas very rarely come from looking in the same place as you always look. So in this show, we'll be turning the spotlight in a different direction that you wouldn't necessarily think to look. Hosted by me, Frank Wammers, and with the help of Rachel Burford, International Women's Rugby World Cup winner, and experts in emerging technology and sport, we'll be exploring why what goes on in the boardroom isn't so different to what happens on the pitch. Make sure you subscribe now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.